Welcome to Kinda Mental, where we discuss mindfulness and meditation techniques to help reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression. Feel free to email Peregrina with any questions you might have about mental health. She will try to answer them in future episodes. By listening to this podcast, you understand that all content presented is for informational purposes only. These podcasts are not intended to be a substitute for direct professional advice from your own physician or medical health provider. I'm going to get a little existential in this episode, so if that's not your thing, you've been given fair notice. I haven't been posting the last, I think it's been two months, despite having several requests in the queue, because I've been in the middle of the darkness. Dun, dun, dun! I have always held the belief that we each experience life in a unique way, different perceptions of the same situations. I'm sure you know what I mean. So despite this, I do think we can divide our life experiences and perceptions into three kind of broad categories. There's that heavy, dark feeling. There's the feeling of light and those that are kind of neutral. So it's probably a continuum, but people like to put things into boxes and categories. So there you go. Let's talk a little bit about this darkness. When I first encountered this type of thing, I certainly didn't know really what it was and didn't stop to consider it as something I could use to grow or expand my own understanding. Understanding of what, you might ask? Well, I guess of myself and the world and probably how I fit into it. So I do think we all experience each of these kind of categories of feelings at one time or another, probably shifting from one to another during the same day at times. It might come as loneliness or anxiety, depression, feeling helpless or powerless. There are a lot of ways it can appear. And sometimes it lasts for an afternoon, a day, a week, a month. I hope not longer than that. Within the last couple of years, I started to realize that each time this darkness came, there was something I learned, something I learned about myself, my past, how I interact with others, you name it, it's all over the board. It was a way to grow into, I guess, a better version of myself does not mean it wasn't painful. (laughs) I also noticed during these times that there seemed to be some kind of rhythm to it. After going through one episode of darkness, there was always light on the other side. And I think that can be a really important concept to hold on to, especially if you're in the middle of the darkness. It was like the sun rising again after a cold night with no moon. So I started to be more mindful of when the darkness came. And at first, I was usually in the thick of it before I noticed. If I allowed myself to get hooked by the thoughts and feelings, I was essentially toast. And the darkness usually lasted a much longer time. So now that I've gotten kind of used to identifying when I'm actually in the darkness, the next step would seem to be to become more mindful 
to know before the darkness is coming. So, you know, maybe I won't have to experience it as often, right? I guess that's the trick. So why am I telling you this? Well, I hope this will help perhaps shorten your own experience with the darkness. After all, we are in this world together and we got to help each other out where we can. So as with every episode, take it with a grain of salt. And if you find it helpful, fantastic. If you can relate to what I'm saying, identify experiences of darkness that you've had in your life, maybe it will make it a little easier knowing there is always light and the darkness does seem to have a purpose. There is a particular type of therapy that I think helps a lot with being able to learn from being in the darkness. Its formal name is Internal Family Systems. I know that sounds, I don't know, it sounds boring. <laughs> um, a more common name that people use is parts work. The gist of it is that each of us has different parts inside of us. And to answer a question before it's even asked, no, this is not multiple personalities I'm talking about. This is actually normal. It's just a kind of way to tease out the different parts inside of our amazing human minds that we all have. So you've probably had the experience where you might say to yourself, part of me wants to do this and part of me wants to do that. Well, according to this style of therapy, there are, these are all parts of you and you can learn from them. Um, I guess it's kind of like the inner child thing that was so big in the 70s. I think I remember a book, something about a primal scream or something like that. But anyway, the concept is older than that. And some people attribute it to Carl Jung. Um, he had a, a concept called the divine child archetype. It doesn't really matter where it came from. Every therapy concept evolves a bit over time. People play with it. They massage it. They find what works better as we evolve as a society, blah, 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 blah. So I won't get into lecture mode here. Um, so anyway, the parts work aspect is developed by a gentleman uh, by the name of Richard Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, I believe is how you spell his name. And I will put a link uh, to some of the books of his that I particularly liked uh, on the podcast website, kindamental.org. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit, if it's going to help with the darkness. What are the parts well, there's three main parts. There's the exiled part. This is the one who holds on to a memory or, or a different perspective of something that you've experienced uh, or, you know, main, the main feelings about events in our lives, uh, probably a lot more than that, too. Then there is the manager and the firefighter. The firefighter is the one who helps distract us from feelings uh, that come up when one of the exiled parts gets triggered, for example. The manager is the one who pretty much tries to keep us away from the exiled part 
They were there when the part was exiled, um, probably the oldest part. The trouble with managers, though, uh, just like in life, when they have an idea about something, it's tough to get them to change their mind. So even when it is better for the organization, or in this case, us, right? So the, the manager in the parts work concept plays really a key role in us being able to meet our parts. The manager might be stuck in the idea that the exile needs to remain in exile, that for some reason we, as the core person, are not ready to meet the exile part or we're not ready to take care of that part properly. Does that make sense? I know that was kind of a lot. So I will recap briefly right now the three main parts. There's the exile. Number one, the exile. That's the one who holds onto whatever is being kept from the core part of us, the I. Um, the next one is the firefighter, which is the one who puts out fires. It distracts us. It soothes us with, you know, internal words, sometimes probably not so soothing, but it's meant to distract. The manager is the one that helped to separate the exiled part from the core part of us originally and generally tries to keep the exiled part away from the core part, the core part, sorry, until the core part, us, can take care of them. Whenever I come across a different type of therapy, I always try to use it on myself before talking about it with clients. Only fair, right? So I did the protocol to meet some of my parts, and three came up. The first was a little girl part, about seven years old, who had held memories of our childhood of being lonely. Um, when we met, I had described what I remembered as our childhood, and she kind of said, yeah, I remember that too. I also remember feeling really lonely. And when she said the word lonely, oh my God, I felt it. It was like I had forgotten this memory or something. But anyway, I digress. The The second was a teenager who held a lot of anger. I'll get into her in a minute. And the third is really strange. I still haven't made really a lot of, I don't know what the third one is, because for one, it's a guy. And number two, he's an older guy. He's older than me. Um, white hair, the whole shebang. I have no idea. It seems weird to me, but who knows? I try to stay open about these things. So yeah, one of my parts is a dude. Um, so anyway, getting to know the little one was really easy. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of explained how, how she described the lonely feeling. Um, I decided that she'd held it for so long. I needed to do something fun with her. And I asked her what she would like to do. And she said, skating. Of course she said skating. She's seven. And so I bought some skates. I tried to go skating again. I ended up, oh, it was so pathetic. Oh, people on the jogging path were 
probably laughing inside, but I fell more than once. Let's put it that way. And I may have a bulging disc in my back now, but you know, she's held this feeling for such a long time. I figured it's worth it, right? So (laughs) meeting her has also changed the conversation in my head um, in a variety of places, but the most memorable is when I make my coffee in the morning. I always put a little bit of chocolate in it. And before I met her, I would always have this kind of argument with myself in my head. I'd be standing there. I'd have my my spoon ready <laughs> to dip it in the, the chocolate powder. And I'd pick up, an, you know, some amount on my spoon. And I would hear, you know, one part of me would say, that's too much. It's going to be gross. And then the other part of me would be like, no, we need more, you know, and then it would be back and forth, right? So after I met this little seven-year-old, and I'm sorry, I'm chuckling, I still find this funny. Um, the first time, the day after, actually the day after I had done this meditation, um, I get to my coffee, and I get the spoon ready, and I'm going for the powder, and I hear this in my head, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And I was just absolutely floored. I was like, is that you? And she's like, yeah, of course it's me. You know, so anyway, we had this conversation in our head. And now I just give her chocolate. You know, I explained to her like you would a seven-year-old. Well, if you put too much in, it's going to taste really gross. How about if we put in this much and then I'll taste it. And if you want more, we can put in more. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, so let's get to the teenager. Um, the teenager was different. She was tough. Um, and she's the reason I have not posted, uh, processing this stuff with her. It has taken that long. Um, but before I get into what happened, I want to reiterate that this is a type of therapy, formal therapy. I am used to working with therapy topics and styles, both with myself and my clients. I do this stuff every day. So if you're interested in parts work or find this episode interesting, find a therapist who understands what it is, someone who's familiar with it, someone who's worked with it, someone who's had some training in it. The feelings that can come up can be intense. Hence, and I know that from personal experience. So just saying, okay, take everything with a grain of salt and keep yourself safe while we're exploring things, okay? So back to the teenager. <laughs> we first met probably about a year ago um, during an, uh, the formal meditation uh, when I when I first met the little girl as well. Um, and she came up, didn't say anything, just stabbed me in the chest. Yeah, I said, she stabbed me in the chest. Dang. So I looked at her and I said, angry much? And she, all she did was look at me and I heard this, duh, in my head, right? And then poof, she was gone. I mean, that's, you know. It was really kind of cool, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I just got stabbed by myself, all right? Um, so I, I have kind of felt her now and again during my day-to-day activities. 
but there's been no communication in that long. So I was working with the little girl and developing that relationship, and I've been trying to stay open for whatever the teenager might need, even if it was to stab me again, you know, have at it. Um, now, I got to say, this was not, I just want to be clear, this was not a real knife. This was all in my head. This was a formal meditation um, meeting parts of myself. So this was a proverbial imaginary knife that she stabbed me with. I did not bleed out clearly. Um, anyway, um, just remember that all of these parts of there are parts of us who have been holding on to something, something that was difficult to process. Our core self has to, in a way, be the parent for them. So to talk with them and interact with them at the age they are. So when I talk to the little one, I talk to her like she's seven because she's seven. She will always be seven. I will always have a part of me that is seven that holds the idea of lonely. Okay? The teenager is me as a teenager. And she has very different behaviors than the seven-year-old. She will always be a teenager. Me as I am now, I am the parent. I am the core personality. These are parts of me that have been, in a way, kind of left behind, kind of holding the bag, so to speak. So think about it. The little one held on to the feelings of being lonely so that my core self, that I, we all have, wouldn't have to. When we met and she told me she remembered our childhood as being lonely, I was able to feel it. I mean, I, I said that before. It, it was so profound. It just went through me. And I, then I felt so sorry for her, and I felt some guilt for having her hold it so long. Of course I felt guilt. I went and bought skates. How would my life have been different if she hadn't separated a bit and held on to that idea of lonely? It could have been vastly different. I am grateful to her and her manager, who is also me, right? I mean, these are all me. I want to be clear. You know, they they orchestrated this on the behalf of the greater good, in a sense, which is the core self. People do this all the time. Okay? Think about it. So let's get back to the teenager. She's, she's, <laughs> she's interesting. Okay. So basically, this is, this is how she decided to come out. Okay. I had had an argument with a friend. It was a pretty big argument. Uh, they had said something that triggered the teenager and she let me know it. I knew I had a past trauma in my teens. I, my core self, I knew that. 
But evidently, this teenager had been holding on to quite a bit of anger. This anger was much more intense than what I felt when I met the little girl. The teenager completely took over me in a way. If you've listened to my superpowers episode, you'll understand when I say, I was on the train. I was not on the platform. There is no way in hell I was on the platform. I was so deep into that train. There are many ways to describe what was going on. Either I was hooked by the thoughts and feelings, I was flooded, I was overwhelmed, I was fused to the memories of the past, whatever. I mean, there's a variety of ways to say it. So she let me see and feel with full blunt force what she had been holding on to. And it was not a comfortable situation at all. Everything, I, you know, this has been a couple months now, but everything happened so quickly. And the anger I felt was so consuming. I am incredibly grateful to have had two friends who were privy to the argument I had had who were able to help me process things. They helped me realize this was my internal teenager. They helped me process all of the connections from the trauma to the argument. And other things became more clear as well. It was as if even prior to this argument I had with the friend, I had been blocking things. There were There were a lot of clues that this was going to happen, that this argument was going to happen. A lot of clues, and I had not seen one of them. Or maybe my teenager did, and she was getting this, she'd had enough. You know, in retrospect, that's probably how it went. So I can't... I can't emphasize enough how important it is if you're interested in parts work to have somebody around. Ideally, it is going to be a therapist. If there's not a therapist, having some friends that you trust, just by having them there to talk things out, they help me make some huge steps in my own personal growth. And I don't know what I would have done without them. I really don't. So things are not finished with my teenager by any means. She doesn't talk to me directly like the little girl does. And that's okay. I mean, it would certainly be easier on my end if she would talk to me directly. But then again, she's a teenager, and teenagers stomp off rather frequently. Um, So, you know, I got to give her space because this is not a normal teenager. It's, It's inside me, right? It's not like I can ground her, right? And nor would I really want to. I want her to come out. I want her to know that she doesn't have to hold this anger, or anything else she's holding, right? 
I mean, I know what the trauma was, so there's probably other things there too. And they will come out. And that's good, right? So what I've called the darkness in this situation was that argument and the the realizations, I guess, that came out afterwards. I'm sure you can hear my dog trying to get cozy on her bed. She has no concept of recording a podcast episode, so, you know, have at it, Rosie. All right, she may have settled down a little bit. So... Parts work is is no joke. It's it's scary and it's pretty fantastic. And it's you know, this the hope that I had for getting at core issues for people is why I really pursued learning more about this. So what I'm hoping people might take home with this is that when, you're in, when you find yourself in the middle of the darkness, keep moving and listen. There might be something there or someone there that you can learn from. The other thing is that the light is there. It's coming. The thing that I find so beautiful about parts work as well is that we are never alone. I now have a seven-year-old. I have a teenager and, well, I can't really consult the teenager, but I have a seven-year-old and an older man (laughs) who I can consult with if stuff comes up where I feel triggered about something. Perhaps in the future, I'll be able to consult with the teenager as well. I want people to go home with the idea that we are fascinating creatures. We are fascinating people. We all have a story. We all have difficult times. We all do. You are not alone in your journey on this earth. Both the night and the day will come again. And we will keep moving toward the values we hold most dear. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with a free and easy heart.